right, good morning, everybody. I'm glad to be at church. I hope you are glad to be at church. Come on, I know it's been said. But especially if you're our guest, welcome. All of you watching online, I want to welcome you. My name is Brandon. If we haven't met, I'm one of the pastors around here, and I am pumped about today. We're in week uh, three of our series reruns. Look, this is the easiest time you can ever go to church. Some of you walked in. Maybe you're here for the first time. Somebody begged you, please just come. You finally gave in because you wanted to just shut them up. That's okay. I'm just glad that you're here. If you're watching by home, look, you missed out on the snacks. Go to the cabinet now. Get your little Debbies or whatever. But I hope you grabbed these when you came in. Some of you walked in, and if it is your first time, I know you're a little reserved. You say, well, I don't, can I get popcorn? What do I do with this? And so we want you to have fun this morning. So we always tell you every week, it's okay to do this right here. It's okay to pop the top, make a little noise. It's all right. Did anybody miss a snack? Did anybody not get a snack today? Come on, a little, uh, little Star Crunch. We got Star Crunch fans in here. Come on right here. Yeah, that's it. Y'all got to look alive. Oh my. I said, look alive. She said, I'm filling out my connect card. Let's pause the connect cards for just a second, because uh, I, because you know, um, uh, we have insurance, but we don't want to go there. Um, uh, what what are these called? The what are these? Oatmeal cream pies. Oatmeal cream pie fans, right here, right here. Yeah, okay. Um, oatmeal cream pie fans, right here. Come on, right here. Okay, that's good. What about a brownie fan? Any brownies? Come on, brownies, brownie fans right here. You a fan of everything. Look at him raising my own. Give me one of them right there. Another Star Crunch right here. Come on right here. Come Star Crunch. It's not a bad throw. It's just the bad Star Crunch, okay? It's not my fault. That's it. I'm out, guys. I'm out. There's more in the back. Go get whatever you want. You can have it all. I'm out. But I hope you feel comfortable to eat the snacks and enjoy here today because here's our big deal. We're watching television. During this series, we're eating snacks, we're having popcorn, and before we go, oh, what's Jesus got to do with that? Here's the deal. We want church to be fun. Look, we know that Jesus has a sense of humor. I like to say it this way. If you don't believe that, go to Walmart today. You will see the sense of humor of Jesus. It's just true. It's just true. And so we just believe that our church should reflect, our experience with Jesus should reflect who he is. And so this is a series that if you don't like church, you can come and experience Jesus in a fun way through television shows and Little Debbie's, because I think that's where the Holy Spirit is, everybody. And so in week one, we watched I Love Lucy. Last week, we watched Family Matters. And today, we're watching a staple of many of our childhoods, Boy Meets World. Yeah. Guys, some of you know what you know about women because of Corey, all right? Corey Matthews. Some of you, ladies, you know what it's like to be a lady because of Topanga. And y'all didn't even know what to do, but you just did what they did. And so some of you guys, that's how you got dates. You just did whatever happened on Boy Meets World. It was TGIF, appointment television. Some of you are so young, you don't even know what that means. But back in the day, if you wanted to see it, you had to be sitting in front of the TV when it came on. We had what we call TV dinners. That's the way I rolled back in a TV dinner, TGIF on Friday night, and that was the bomb Friday night. That's how we did it. And so today we're going to learn some biblical principles from Boy Meets World, season four, episode 21 called Cult Fiction. And in this episode, I'll just tell you, it's a little heavier episode. Back in the day, they would have some of these um, really like grab your heartstrings and teach you a lesson episode. The NBC star, y'all remember, dun, dun. The more you know, y'all remember that? This is one of those the more you know episodes. And in this episode, here's what we'll learn, is that Corey's friend, Sean, because he's been raised in an unstable home, an unstable environment, got a lot of baggage in his life like most of us in here, 
He finds himself, his feelings and his emotions dragging him into a direction that God never intended for him to go. His friends didn't want him to go, and he gets involved with a cult. Now today, you're going, well, what's that got to do with me? I'm not going to a cult. I get that. But here's what I want us to learn today, is that you and I, every day, we're in a battle that the enemy wants to destroy our lives. He wants us. He wants to confuse us. He wants to lead us into culture. And if we're not careful, we don't even know what to do or where to turn or how to navigate this. See, the enemy will come and lie to us, and he'll tell us something and present it as the truth, even though it's a false lie, and he wants us to believe it. So today, what I really want to do is I want to uncover some of those schemes of the enemy, and I want to help us learn to navigate that. Because you didn't know this, but when you woke up this morning, the enemy was ready for you. He was waiting on you. And he'll try to convince you of things that just aren't true. Just this past week, my son and I, school started back. You can tell because some of you are like you've been drinking for a week straight. Some of you parents coming here. I mean, you look good. You're, you're, you're presentable. But, but it's been a tough week, I can tell. Okay, Back to school, new routines. and So I'm taking my son to school this week, and the great Martin Luther King Jr. comes on the radio. And the news channel is playing an excerpt of one of his most incredible, famous speeches that we all can quote. And my son, I was so proud of him in the back seat, he said, Dad, I know who that is. I said, buddy, who is that? He said, that's Martin Luther King Jr. And he begins to tell me all about this incredible man. He said, Dad, he sacrificed for us. He was shot and killed, Dad, so that uh, black people and white people could be friends and live life together. I said, buddy, I know. I said, isn't that incredible? And we're just celebrating this moment. I'm so proud of him. And then all of a sudden he goes, you know, Dad, I sure am glad I wasn't born back then. I said, buddy, why not? He said, Dad, because you and Mom are black and I'm white. And I just would have been killed. And y'all, if you know my son, he is so white, he's opaque. You can see straight through his skin. And I said, buddy, I appreciate the compliment, but dad's not there yet, okay? I'm working on it. I really identify with my Hispanic friends a little more than my black friends, okay? But I appreciate the compliment, buddy. But here's what the enemy does. He'll present something to you so matter-of-fact so that you believe it and everybody, if you believe something, you begin to live something. And I'm afraid that in our culture, the enemy has convinced a lot of us of some stuff that's just not true. And so today, what we're going to learn through this episode is how to navigate the schemes of the enemy, trying to convince us all of some stuff that's just not true. And it could be today that many of us are living life in a certain way, and God just sent us here today in a fun way to grab our attention and go, hey, it's time to align yourself with the word and the truth of God. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray, and then we're going to dive into this episode, and we're just going to learn some lessons today from one of the cultural classics of Boy Meets World, all right? Let's pray. God, I love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for all of our friends that's been here all day today, 9 and 10, 15, our friends in Columbiana and all of our friends online today. We pray that your word shapes us and changes us to make us more like you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take a look at this first scene. Lawrence, good. Matthews, not bad. Hunter, bad. <laughs> Turner, Bell. Wait, hold on, hold on. You know, you're a junior in high school now, Sean. You have no goals as far as I can see. Have you even thought about college? I'm going to college. Oh, you are where? Hawaii. I figure I have a better shot outside the country. <laughs> you know, Sean, the people who care about you in this life, you can count on one hand. So don't, don't blow me off, okay? John, I got people who care about me. 
You know, Sean, I think Mr. Turner's right, okay? I mean, we got one more year of high school, and the humidity in Hawaii is gonna make my hair go, woo! Well, I wanna go to Penn State. And I wanna go where she goes. Anyone surprised by that? Sean, but I'm one of the handful of people who cares about you, you know? Now, your parents are busy trying to work out their marriage. So are they. Steady hall? Make out. Corey. Topanga. And you know, you had four years of security in these halls, but they throw you out next year, Sean. What are you gonna do then? Huh? Who are you gonna be? Hi. Hey, sure. I couldn't help overhearing Turner do that number on you. You think he was doing a number on me? Only totally. I mean, all that stuff about only a handful of people care about you? I must have a hundred people who care about me and care enough about me not to judge me like that in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of embarrassing, huh? Do you want to go grab a cup of coffee somewhere? I'm buying, and I promise not to judge you at all. Yeah, yeah, sure. I like girls with no judgment. Welcome to the center. Sherry! Sean! Okay. <laughs> so, what's up with the music? DJ? Live band coming? What? This isn't really that kind of club, Sean. No music? So what kind of club is it then? It's more of a hangout. Where me and my friends get together and talk about stuff. They're all your friends? Yeah. And they can be yours too if you want. Sure. Sure, I can always use more friends. Don't know if I'm real comfortable with the hugging thing though. Mr. Max says that a hug is a burst of pure love. Then I'm bursting with pure love right now. <laughs> So who's this Mr. Mac you're always talking about? He runs the center, and he is the most remarkable human being I've ever met. He changed my life, Sean. <laughs> Hello, Sherry. Are you centered? I'm centered, Mr. Mac. And how about you, Sean? Are you centered? Nope, I'm totally off-center. Well, we'll have to see what we can do about that. Good luck to you. See you, Mr. Mac. Guilty as charged. It's a nice place you got here. Seemed a little touchy-feely at first, but it's growing on me. Well, it just goes to show, Sean. You can't always go with your first instinct, Sean. You've got to give people a chance, Sean. Really like my name. Don't you, Mr. Mac? Mr. Mac. <laughs> well, there's plenty of room in case you decide to move in. Move in? What are you, nuts? This is where I live, Sean. We all live here. Oh, my bad. It's a cult. <laughs> We're just a place for people who need love in their lives. I, I, I really have plenty of love. Thanks anyway. Well, you're judging us, aren't you? What? The way your teachers, your family, and everyone else in your life judges you. Yeah, I don't like that very much. Because? Because they don't really know me. Hmm. Well, why don't you get to know us before you judge us? If you do that for us, we'll do that for you. Seems fair. 
Just so you know, we don't have any beds in the back, everybody. It's okay. All right. One of the most important questions that can be asked in this scene for most of us to ask ourselves is, who do you want to be? Who are you? Why are you on the planet? Why are you alive today? Why did God put breath in your body? Because when you're searching through something through culture and you're looking for something and you're navigating life, purpose is the greatest thing that any of us have ever been given. And the problem for most of our lives, and we talk about it a lot around here because we say life on purpose, is that a lot of people don't even know why we're here. And we wake up every day, and if you think about it, you go, oh my gosh, is it Monday already? And you begin to think, if I can just get to work, get through the traffic, get through the... And then when you get to work, you think, if I could just get to 5 o'clock. And then you get through 5 o'clock, and you think, if I could just get all the kids to everywhere they've got to go. And then you do that, and you go, if I could just get them at home and in the bed and fed, and then I could just do what I want to do. And then, parents, you realize you're too tired to do anything you wanted to do. And then you go to bed, and you get up, and you do the same thing all over again. And you think, I can't wait to the weekend. And then the weekend comes, and everybody's busy, and you do all the things that you have to do. And before you know it, it's Monday all over again. And then one day you wake up, and you go, where did the last 15 years go? Where did life go? Where did my dreams go? Where did my ambition go? Where, how did I get here? This is not where I anticipated being because we didn't live life on purpose. And there's a principle that I've learned, and I think that God's Word teaches us, is that if you don't have a plan for your life and you don't know your purpose, the enemy's happy to give you one. And in this episode, you see this young man who's just struggling with life. And when people challenge him of who do you want to be, why are you here, what's your purpose, what's the bigger picture, and then somebody slips in with a little bit easier plan that goes, it doesn't matter what you do, what makes you happy, no judgment, you do you, you feel your way, you think your way, you make your own decisions, and it does not matter. Don't let them tell you what it is that you need to be doing. See, the enemy does the same thing, 1 Peter 5, 8, and we all need to be aware of this right here. We ought to have this somewhere stored in the forefront of our mind. It says this, stay alert, watch, everybody keep guard. Why? Because your enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The enemy of God, the enemy of our lives, every single day, his sole purpose and goal is to destroy our life. He is real. It's not a figment of our imagination. It's not a crutch. It's not a place just to place blame. He is real wanting to destroy your life. And it works just like this clip. Because he says, who are you to judge me? I'm just going to do me. Why are you pressuring me? Why? What do you mean there's a standard of living? What do you mean there's a right way and there's a wrong way? What do you mean there's absolute truth? What do you mean I have to live my life according to what God says? This person slips in over here and says, hey, I won't judge you. Don't worry about it. I've got a place where you'll be accepted no matter what. You can do whatever you want to do. Live any way you want to live. Think any way you want to think and feel any way you want to feel. Don't worry about it. The enemy wants us to believe that it does not matter and that we can do whatever we want to do and feel any way we want to feel and think anything we want to think without an absolute truth. But in our challenge of who do you want to be, this morning I would ask you, who have you decided the life that you're going to live and the foundation that you're going to stand on and the truth that you're going to stand by because that's the challenge for every single one of us, especially in the culture that we live in today. 
But the enemy, our great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion, just seeking someone to devour. That's why the Bible says stay alert. Know what's going on around us. Know the condition of your heart before God. Know the condition of your relationships. Know the condition of your motives. Notice the condition of your thoughts. Notice the condition of your actions. Be alert in our life. And what part of your life is the enemy trying to take in your life? What door have we opened for the enemy to come in and cause harm to our life? That was never God's best. Wasn't what God wanted from us. See, in that, this episode, you're going to see this battle that's taking place for this young man's life. People that step in to try to help him. And that's what we're going to see in this next scene. That in the midst of it all, there's people that's surrounding him, that loves him and wants to help him. So check this out. So, Sean, what, what is this center you're hanging out at? <sighs> no. Why not? Because I am not going to talk to you about something that you're never going to understand. Oh, you can understand it, but somehow it's beyond me. You're as judgmental as everybody else in my well, life. First of all, you judged me, remember? You said I couldn't understand it. I'm centered. You're not. End of story. Boy, this sounds like a real enlightened, open-minded group. Judging. Okay. Why do you feel you need to be a part of this place, Sean? Okay. All my life, I have felt like... There was some part of me missing. And, and I felt like everybody could tell. You know, like there was some hole in me and everyone could see through it. Like I wasn't finished or something. I never saw that, Sean. I mean, if you would have just told me, I could have done something about it. Let's not dwell on what people did or did not do no, for me. Yes, Sean, let's dwell on that. That's what makes you a person, how you relate to the people who really care about you. The center is filled with people who care about me and who make me feel like a person. <laughs> the center is filled with lost souls who have no belief system, who are targets for some guy to bring over to his way of thinking. The Sean Hunter that I know is one of the most unique individuals I've ever met. And if you let this place take away who you really are, Sean, then you've made the worst judgment you could make. You made the judgment. I don't know who I am, John. Well, this is it, Eric. This is the center where Sean is. Con men. Fakes and charlatans, I'd say. Which one of you brainwashed nuts validates parking? <laughs> Eric, listen, I would not underestimate these people, okay? I mean, they did get Sean. Corey, no offense to Sean or anything, okay? But it takes a pretty weak-willed and gullible individual to succumb to this kind of blatant scam. Hi, I'm Alicia. Welcome to the center. <laughs> Here's money, where's my room? Uh, I guess he has his conflicts, but we're not staying. We're just here for a visit. I understand. You're feeling lost, alone, abandoned. Yes. My emotional palette is missing yellow and blue. Where's maroon? <laughs> oh, Eric. Eric! No, 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 no. My new nut name is Sunflower Fortunato. <laughs> Hello. Children of the center. 
Let's welcome into our family our new life member, Sean Hunter. So we know the enemy comes to do what? Steal, kill, destroy. So we know the enemy's working without purpose, without understanding why we're here, making decisions every day. You notice that a lot of the theme is the feelings are leading. And I think that's a lot of what we see in our culture today if you really think about it. You listen to people talk and you listen to people leading us and people making decisions and it's a lot about how we feel. It's a lot about our emotions and following. And we do that a lot in our culture in a lot of different ways. You watch the movies. Come on, ladies. You like those love stories, those movies. Come on, you watch the turmoil all the way through the movie. You're bawling. They're walking away from each other. And you got tears. You're going, turn around. Turn around. And then they turn around, and you get on the edge of your seat, and you're squabbling, and they embrace, and you shout as if these are real people and not making millions on the movie. Now, your feelings are rooting for the couple to, to get together. But what you forgot about at the beginning of the movie is they were both married and they've walked away from their spouses. And we're still rooting for them because they're the ones that were really in love. They just made a mistake early on. And you're looking in the kitchen going, I understand. It's another day, okay? Counseling for that. But they embrace and we're rooting for something that we should never be rooting for. Why? Because your heart, your feelings... But the Bible teaches us that your heart is deceptive above all things. The greatest lie we've ever been given is to follow your feelings, follow your emotions, because your feelings and your emotions are lying to you. Why? Because they change in a moment. They change in a whim. Some of you woke up, woke up today just feeling some type of feeling, and you don't even know why you did. By the time you get home, you're going to feel another whole different way because you had, I don't know, you know, experience with Jesus, one too many little Debbies, we don't know, but your feelings are fleeting. But in the theme of what's happening here, in the midst of it, see, God knows that's how the enemy works. So God gives us a community. That's why we're gathered in this room today. Some of us think we do this just because it's a checklist of a Sunday thing, but God has put us in community on purpose to help us navigate some of these things. Look at what the Bible says in Galatians 6 and 1. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, just hang there with me for just a second. Some people will say, well, when you say yes to Jesus, you pray that prayer, it's done. Don't you worry about it. You're good. You're sealed. Listen to me. He is warning believers to say, you may be tempted to fall into some sin. Every one of us in this room are susceptible to being overcome by a sin. Me and you and all of us together. That's why the Bible says you who are godly should gently and humbly. Now that, somebody, some of you got them personalities. You need to underline those a little bit. Gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful. Here we go again. Not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Because here's what I know. Is that. I'm pretty close to get, having it all together, you know. Um, but I'm, I mean, I might have, I'm, I may be at a nine and a half, everybody, okay? Um, okay, no, that's not true at all because my wife's in here and she's going to tell you differently. None of us got it all together. We got a long way to go. So I need you to hold me account. And you need me to hold you account because you don't have it all together either. 
And so instead of us feeling like, well, I couldn't walk back in. They don't know what I've done. They don't know how I messed up. What if they found out? What if this or what if that? What if we just in community loved each other and gently and humbly helped one another do what God's called us to do and not let our feelings lie to us? Because your feeling says you're less than. Your feeling says you'll never get any better. Your feeling says you'll never overcome it. Your feeling says nobody cares. Everybody's going to judge, so don't do it anyway. Your feeling says, well, you're good. You got it all together. Your feeling says, who are they to tell you? Because you do everything right. So your feelings will lie all over the place. That's why we need each other to gently and humbly. When we get off the road, over the guardrail, and into the dirt, we need somebody to help us get back in alignment where God intended for us to go. That's why we're here in this community. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6 says, An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. A wound is not comfortable. A wound does not feel good. A wound bruises. A wound bleeds. But a wound from a friend that will help put you back in God's grace, on the right path, living life on purpose, is better than the world kissing all over you and telling you you're okay. If you want kisses... And if you want to be lied to, and you want your feelings to be petted, you can go sit in the world and culture. It'll give every bit of it to you. But when you lay in bed at night and you wonder why you're still empty and you're still depressed and you still feel alone, even though you've been kissed on and you've been told everything's okay, it's because wounds from a sincere friend, from God's word in which you stand on, is way better than anything culture will give you. Sean, you have no belief system. Sean, those people at that center have no belief system. What do you believe? Everybody, I want to ask us this here today. What are we standing on? What is our belief system? What is driving the truth of your life, the truth of your thoughts, the truth of your feelings, the truth of your existence? What is the standard of living? We would say it's the Word of God. What are we standing on today? In this next scene, we see that tragedy has struck. And oftentimes... It takes something forces us to reality, to really take account for the life that we're living and why we're doing what we're doing. Take a look at this next scene. How's Mr. Turner? And the doctors are with him. We're waiting to hear. Where's Sean? I have no clue. Well, Mr. Turner and Sean are like brothers. How could he not be here? I don't know. Sean. Mr. Mack. Sean thought I could be of some help. Hello, I'm Philip Mack. Feeney. Mack, you don't belong here. One of my children invited me, and as always, I'm here for him, as well as any other child who calls for me. I want to come back. No, no, no. <laughs> I just want you to know that I forgive you for trying to shut us down. You forgive me. Easy, George. Come on, he's just trying to get a rise out of you. Look, you're not dealing with gullible little kids here now, buddy. Now, you brought Sean down. Thanks. Now, why don't you just take a hike back to Conland? Now, do you see how judgmental these no, people no, are? No, no, listen. You see. A judgment I made a long time ago is that Sean Hunter is the best friend that my kid ever had. And I will kill to protect Sean Hunter from people like you. Alan, he would love a lawsuit. 
I think there's a lot of anger here. And I don't feel that this is a healthy environment for Sean. Well, I really Look, don't Look, I get... know you don't respect my philosophy, but for kids who feel lost and have an emptiness in their lives, I'm here to give them a sense of belonging. You can't have Sean. That's up to Sean. And in any event, there are many more just like him. You can be rest assured today. You can be confident that the enemy's here to make you feel some sort of way. He's here to make you feel good. He's here to tell you what he wants you to think. Throughout this whole episode, we see the enemy is trying to take him. His family's trying to keep him. Today, we're living that out. This morning, the enemy wants to take you, and God so desperately wants to keep you. God's given us a family to help us navigate that. But even in the midst of all of us, and I know it's difficult, and you go, well, how in the world? How do you do it in the world that we're living in today? You think about young people and all the things that they're facing today and going through. How are they going to make it? How are we going to stand? Well, here's the most beautiful thing of it all. Look at 1 John 2 and 1 with me. It says, my dear children, I'm writing this to tell you so that you would not sin. But if anyone does sin, listen to this. We have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. The beauty is, is as the enemy fights and wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and even though we have a community and we're here for each other, listen, more than all of that, is the one who gave his life on the cross, who laid it all down, who overcame death, hell, and the grave, and forgiveness of our sin for eternity with him and God is Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that he sits at the right hand of God and he intercedes for us. You know what that means? It means even today, no matter how you walked in this place, no matter how you watch from home or how you feel, God is sitting there with Jesus at his right hand saying, I want them to do good. Please get it right. I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. I'm rooting for you. I'm helping you. The presence of God God, the Holy Spirit is there with you. Just walk in it. Call somebody. Talk to somebody. You can do it. You have purpose. You have value. You matter. You don't have to listen to the world. You don't have to listen to culture. The enemy's strong, but I am stronger in you than he who is in the world. That's what Jesus said. So today, don't give up. Don't say it's too late. The marriage is done. I've too much sin. I've got too many regrets. I've got too many mistakes. The addiction is too strong. No, none of it is stronger than Jesus, than the one who is advocating for us today. You just have to walk in it. And that's what we're about to see. We've got every opportunity for every one of us to live life on purpose and to live in fulfillment to what God has called us to live. We can stand against culture. We can stand against the enemy. We can stand against the one who wants to destroy us. But listen to me. It's up to us. We have every tool and every resource. But the decision is ours. And in this last scene, we have to see a decision that is going to be made. So take a look at this last scene. John, how could you be in here? How could you screw up on your bike? I have never seen you screw up on anything. I'm the screw up, remember? Come on, you remember. Don't do this to me, John. I don't do alone real good. Look, I know you're in there, but it's like you're not really here. You're not talking, but I know you're here. So I'm just gonna talk. You can listen.
was at the center. It was all the things that you taught me that made me wonder if it was the right place for me or not. But you didn't teach me enough. You and Corey and my parents and the Matthews and the handful of people who really care about me, so don't blow me off, John. Don't blow me off, God. I've never asked you for anything, and I never wanted to come to you like this. But don't take Turner away from me. He's not done yelling at me yet. God, you're not talking, but I know you're here. So I'm gonna talk. And you can listen. God. inside anymore. How is he? It's gonna be fine. Really? Is that what the doctor said? No, I just know he is. Sean, it's obviously been a very stressful day for you, and I think you should come back to the center. Yeah, I think I should, too. What? I want to pick up my things, and then, if it's okay, come back and stay with you guys. Yeah, it's okay. Sean... You know, I see you right in front of me, and I hear what you have to say, and it's nothing. And if I was an empty person and didn't have anything to believe in, I might go with you, because that would be easy. Well, I'm done with easy, and I'm done with empty. I'm done with you. Well, we'll always be there for you, Sean. Yeah, I know. There's a difference between existing and living. And the difference is a decision. And let me tell you, the enemy will always be there. He'll take you anytime. Ready, willing. But every day when we get up, it comes down to the decisions of our life. The Bible says in Joshua 24, 15, it says, Choose today whom you will serve. Choose today. Yesterday's gone can't change yesterday but you can do something about today you can walk in this moment a life-changing decision that says I see you I hear you but I'm gonna choose to live life on purpose Romans 10 and 9 says this if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved you don't earn it you don't work for it you receive it Today, that's what God wants to give to us. Today, we've learned that the enemy wants you. We've learned that God wants you. We've learned that the people we surround ourselves in community, that it matters. But we've also learned that the decisions we make to either accept it or reject it, the grace of God, is what makes all the difference. And so today, here's what I want to do. I want to give us a chance in here and online to say yes to Jesus. If you've never made that decision, look, today's 
greatest day of your life because you've got this moment today. Choose today whom you will serve. And then I want to pray for those of us who follow Jesus that we would allow God to live full purpose in us so that we could stand against the culture of our world. Will you bow your head and let me pray with us today. Father, I love you. Thank you for this moment. God, I pray for anybody here online without a personal relationship with you that today would be our day to say yes. Forgive us of our sins. Jesus, we choose to put you first in our life. We thank you for forgiveness. Today, we're going to leave this place surrendered to you to learn to live for you and to love you. Teach us, Jesus. And God, I pray for all of us that we would represent you well and that whatever hurt, habit, hang up that the enemy's bringing our way, no matter what he's trying to use to get us, God, that we would be able to overcome it through community, through Jesus, who is our advocate, who is praying and interceding for us, the Holy Spirit that's living in us, that we can be overcomers and live against the culture of the world. God, thank you for loving us the way you do. Jesus, you get all the credit for everything you have done and will do in our life. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, can we honor Jesus together? Come on.